Hey there, John here. We are so glad you're listening to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you're new to the show, I hope you find something here you'll enjoy and that gives you a reason to come back. If you've been listening for a little while or a long while, as is the case with so many of you, I want to ask a favor. Would you consider introducing us to just one friend this week? There's really no better method of advertising than word of mouth. Pick a friend who shares your sense of humor or interests, even if they don't know what a podcast is, and tell them why our show has become a regular listening for you. And be bold. Help them get a podcast app on their phone and walk them through how to subscribe to the show. We love that you're here and would greatly appreciate your recommendation. Thanks for your time. Now, let's get on with the show. What's up, Gen Xers? I am Stu Monkey, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon, because they're the raddest thing since Max Hedron. You should totally support them, too, by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, in celebration of Star Wars Day 2020, which is just an a couple of days, we're revisiting some of the most divisive debates in all of Star Wars fandom. Mm. Uh, who shot first? Honor Greedo. Uh, what's your stance on the prequel trilogy? And speaking of prequels, what's the correct viewing order for the Star Wars films? Those and many, many more we're going to be covering in this episode, but we're doing it debate style. You'll see what yes. that means a little bit later. Yes, because <laughs> we don't do anything debate style ever. We just argue like crazy. Yeah, we don't do anything with style, actually, if you think about it. <laughs> I'm not saying it will devolve into that, but that's how we're starting. Mo and I are starting off agreeing, though. That's This is going to be yeah, weird. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's odd, isn't it? That's right. Someone call Ripley. <laughs> uh, before we jump into the debates, I want to touch on some fourth listener email. This email, uh, this episode is from Stu Monkey, and he's writing in reference to our special edition we did about what we did when we were grounded, all in response oh, yeah. to the, oh, uh, our special, the COVID, our coronavirus edition. things. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Uh, the subject line was... Was, I feel even more grounded after reminiscing about being grounded. <laughs> is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Yeah, like yeah, he feels uh, down to earth or he feels like he's locked in a cage. Not not like I feel grounded, like like based. No, I think it's he feels more grounded. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> we ruined Stu Monkey's day. Sorry, Stu Monkey. Uh, I did reply to him and say we were sorry already, actually. So, oh, okay, good, good. You apologize for us again. Okay, good. I, I did, yeah. Great podcast. Wanted to share a few tidbits as the majority of my childhood I spent grounded. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably a cool friend to have. <laughs> <laughs> Always in trouble, but cool. Yep. As my dad used to say, you must really like these four walls because that's all you get to see. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's one. a dad saying. Yep. It oh, is, yeah. right? 
And yes, much as the things you all pointed out, I would revert to finding things to stay occupied, anything to keep me from schoolwork, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like George, I would take things apart. I used to have a fascination with electrical motors, so I would take remote control cars, clocks, anything that had a motor in it, and then I would pick that motor and build it into things like airplanes I could fly with long wires to the battery, ah. and even experiment with using bigger batteries than motors were rated for. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, cool. And of course, music was the escape to everything. Didn't matter much buying music, knowing that someone had it or had a copy of a copy or a copy of a copy of a copy. So you could copy it as well. <laughs> Take all that ingenuity. And I think that's what makes us Gen X, the ultimate DIYers. I think of this all the time because it's quite simple for us to just figure things out because we came out of analog to digital age. He goes on to say that even today, he continues to find little projects and MacGyvers it around the house. He wraps up saying, thanks for the great t- content. As always, may the fourth listener be with you. Appropriate for this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stu Monkey. <laughs> yeah, I, cool. I agree. I, I've, I've said yeah. that before on YouTube videos and stuff. I think we are so Gen X is so well versed for anything that happens in the world. Even this quarantine, like we were social distancing before we were forced to anyway. We were the loners. We were the slackers. So it's not that tough. I mean, it, it is wearing on me, but it's easier. That wasn't my choice. That was just because no girl asked me to the Sadie Hawkins dance. That's the only <laughs> reason. Is that the reason? <laughs> See, I didn't you want in a your social room. distance. I was just forced to. <laughs> it was, it was, no, please, George, stay back. <laughs> not for any medical reasons. social distancing. <laughs> Just stay back. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for writing in, Stu Monkey. We appreciate you. And we appreciate any time the fourth listener writes into us. If you would like your email read here on the show, just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. They all get read. Most make it to the show right here. All right. I hope you have your uh, debate shoes on. Start tap dancing. Time to get into these Star Wars <laughs> debates right after this. R2-D2, Chewbacca, Luke, and Princess Leia. They're the Star Wars early bird set of figures. These action figures are not yet available, but this Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Package is in stores. With this colorful Star Wars picture display stand and certificate, to send in to get a set of figures by mail. They'll be sent to you at home between February 1st and June 1st. The Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Package, new from Kenner. I have always been jealous that Star Wars fans figured out a way to have a Star Wars day just by the sound of the date. Yes, <laughs> May 4th. May the 4th. Be with, I, I, you know, I always see it and I go, that's dumb. But in the back of my head, I'm like, that's so clever. I wish there was something like that for something I was so huge into. And really, it's been widely recognized by, I mean, it's not just Star Wars fans. Everybody sees that as Star yeah. Wars day. I know. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Disney does that. And granted, they own Star Wars. They're oh, well, going to say it, but, they do it now for sure. You know, but everybody, <laughs> TV shows and networks, everybody they put Star Wars front and center during those times. So we thought this was a great opportunity for us to look at some of the classic Star Wars debates because we're okay at arguing and we all have our own opinions. Rather than going freeform though, here's what we're going to do. George and Mo are much bigger Star Wars fans than I am. So we're going to let them go back and forth in a debate style. They're going to each get two minutes to state their point on the topic. You get a 30 second rebuttal. I'll inject my little opinion at the end and let you know, but I will pick a winner and tell you which of you have convinced me on your side of the mm. debate. I'm going to do my best to set aside my own personal opinion. I swear to God, if you don't pick me, we're done. No more friendship. <laughs> I'm out of the podcast. I, I, I can't make any promises. So I'm just telling you, if you want to lose a co-host, I'm going to be petty about it. You best get your Rolodex out and start looking for more friends because I can't. <laughs> 
make any promises. <laughs> We're going to start with maybe even if you're not a Star Wars fan at all, you're aware of this. So did Han or Greedo shoot first mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or did nobody shoot first is another popular question. So we know that having to do with the remakes, initially the film showed one thing and then there was some special effects added by George Lucas and something else appeared to happen and there have been re-edits and stuff. I don't have to tell you what a big controversial point this is or t-shirts about it. Did Han or Greedo shoot first? So I have a coin here. We're going to decide who goes first. Uh, We're going to start. George, you're going to call it in the air. Heads or tails? Heads. It is heads. It is heads. So George, I'm going to give you two minutes to state your case on no, the No, no, I get to choose where I go if I oh, win you get, the coin oh, toss. Oh, is that how it works? Oh, okay. Yes. That's, oh. Have you not watched any sporting events ever in history? Yes. I get to choose now. <laughs> yes, I have never watched that. No, I don't want the first. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> so as heads, you would like to go first with your two minutes. Is that right, George? Yes. Okay. Clock starts now. All right. So first of all, we can talk about the original theatrical release. I went back and I looked at the decent, the de-specialized versions of these films that are out there on the internet right now. Mm-hmm. And when you go and you yep. go frame by frame, Han Solo says, I'll bet you have, you know, because Greedo says, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And Han Solo mm-hmm. says, I'll bet you have. And as he's finishing the word have, the screen switches to a completely different camera angle with just an explosion. And then it goes right back to the over the shoulder of Greedo camera angle and Greedo falls face first into the table. Okay. There is no laser beams. There is no indication of who shot first in that part. There's no way to tell other than the fact that Greedo falls over. So that's why most people assume that Han shot first because he got the first shot off. And of course they're bounty hunters. So they must be great, uh, you know, people like they must be great at aiming those laser guns and everything. So of course, if Greedo had shot first, he would have killed Han Solo. However, when you go back and you look at the re- imaginings that George Lucas has done. Mm -hmm, And I think those are absolutely canon. I know a lot of Star Wars fans don't like them, but if you think about it, he has said in multiple interviews, these new versions are what I wanted Star Wars to be. I just didn't A, have the technology or the money or the time to do it back then. Mm -hmm. When you go back and look at those frame by frame by frame, Greedo absolutely shoots first. There is no question about it. There is a frame where Greedo's laser has already left his gun and Hans has hasn't even fired yet. So Greedo absolutely shot first, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, very well done. With 15 seconds remaining, you made it through. Well done. All right. So Mo, George has stated his case. He says that yes. Greedo is the one that shot first. So Mo, what is your uh, your two minutes on the clock? You can begin now. Okay. Well, it is totally obvious that Han shot first. And here's why. <laughs> the reason why Han shot first is, one, is the fact that Lucas felt the need to actually adjust the film to make it that Han shot second, right? Now, if he didn't, why do you have to make these adjustments if Han shot first? You know, why do you have to correct anything if Han didn't shoot first? You know, there's nothing mm-hmm. to correct then. Okay. You know, so obviously he, uh, uh, Lucas, for whatever reason, didn't want Han Solo for marketing reasons or whatever <laughs> to be the, the bad guy who shoots first, asks questions later, even mm. though I thought it fits well into the character. Again, you don't see the shot at all. I totally agree with George. And I agree also that the later versions, they do show that Han shoots first. I mean, shoots second, excuse me. You know, but again, my whole premise is is that in the original theatrical release, the original, original theatrical okay. release, yeah. One Han, you know, you don't see the shot, but you do see, you know, the you see Greedo flump over after kind Han, of as after George the whole described, exchange. right? Yeah, you don't just see the as blast. George described it, is exactly as George described it. You don't see any indication that Greedo shot. There's no, there's no blast marks anywhere. There's no 
There's nothing to indicate that two shots were even fired, actually. There's no two okay. sound effects even. So now, did they add all that later? Yes, they did. And to say that Lucas, that's what he originally intended, eh, I think that's weak seconds. sauce. Um, I think that... <laughs> <laughs> because I think what he intended was that he didn't want Han Solo to look bad. And so he's like, oh, no, no, I'm going to change it. Because he changed so much stuff in these the new versions, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. that Special changed editions the whole or whatever. premise of what even happened. That I, I don't believe that for a second that that's actually what he intended. So I firmly, firmly believe that Han shot first based on the original movie, which I think should be the canon, not what Lucas did later. For and that is time, Mo. That is time. Thank you very much. Thank you okay. much. You stated your point. So you assert then that Han shot first. Yes. Okay. Uh, George, so we have time now for a 30-second rebuttal. Go right ahead. All righty. So I see Mo's pull out his time <laughs> clock. I'm going to make sure that I get my 30 seconds in. Whether or not you agree or disagree that George Lucas changed his mind is irrelevant to the point. George Lucas is the creator, author, and director of mm. Star Wars. Whatever he says goes as far as the storyline, the plot points, and how things happen. Ten George seconds. Lucas, in his revamp of the Star Wars films, decided that Greedo shot first. Therefore, Greedo shot first. That's simple. Nobody here in this podcast created Star Wars. George okay, Lucas that, created and, and Star And that is Wars. time. That is time. Thank you very much, sir. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Mo, your 30-second rebuttal. Okay. Um, if we base things on what directors change their minds later on, then a whole lot of things have changed. <laughs> so I think original intent is what matters here, not what changed later, what he decided he wanted later. I'm going to leave it at that. And that's it. Okay. Wow. I mean, well done, gentlemen, for a first one out of the gate. Uh, so uh, this is, I've always found this a very intriguing discussion, actually. I mean, you, you've both very, you've laid out the situation very clearly. And I always thought, it served Han Solo's character better for him to have shot first. It shows that he's more of a loose cannon, a renegade. You know, he's willing to kill, which I can see why they would try to soften that. But so that's my opinion. But I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to just go based off... Um, and, and I've got to say here that I'm not just trying to preserve George's friendship here, but I actually think, because <laughs> I'll make you mad later, but in sure. this case, you have stated the case that Lucas's vision was such that you feel that maybe he didn't do what he meant to initially and he corrected it. Uh, I think that part, you could debate whether or not he changed his mind or that was the initial intent, but I think you stated your case very, very well. So in this case, we're going to give it to George that Rito shot first. Yeah. Unpopular decision, though it may be, I know. I, I can accept <laughs> you guys being wrong. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Just, you've always been good about accepting us being wrong. No bitterness there whatsoever. <laughs> no, 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 not, no, not at all. All right. Let's move on to one that might not be quite so divisive, but still is a, a very commonly debated topic. And that's just Ewoks in general, not whether they exist or not. Uh, we all know they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't, don't exist. exist. Let's first of all, <laughs> let's get that straight. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, this is the first time hearing of that. Uh, so some people consider them, basically it's a pro and con. Are you in the pro Ewok camp or the anti Ewoks? Are, are they are they a great contribution? Do they add to the universe of Star Wars? Were they, uh, were they useful as the plot device they were inserted for or are they annoying are they bothersome are they are they jar jar ish you know what's the feeling on ewoks so get the coin toss so this time mo we're gonna let you call it in the air heads or tails heads it is heads would you like to go first or second on your ewok debate i will go second you'll go second i will go second all right well that makes sense all now right. that i know there's two rebuttals instead of just one because now you get the last word in otherwise i would have done that the first time but i won anyway because i'm that good <laughs> yeah yeah be happy with your victory okay move on so that's okay you keep lipping off i'm gonna burn your clock while you're complaining <laughs> 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 All right, your two minutes begins now on Ewoks, George. Go right ahead. E 
Ewoks are absolutely cute and furry, teddy bear-like creatures. They are awesome. They drove as much or more sales than anything out of the third Star Wars film than anything else did. There is no doubt that there were some quality actors in those costumes. One of the gentlemen, the man who played mm. uh, Widget, is actually one of the, the most prolific short people actors of all time. And I think that he did a wonderful job of bringing that character to life. That character could have just been a little, oh, I'm just walking around the forest and now I'm going to throw rocks at stormtroopers type of guy. But no, he had real content, <laughs> real emotional groundedness in that scene. Leia fell in love with him as a mother figure, but also as a compatriot as they hmm. joined the rebel forces. Nobody would have thought to bring the Ewoks into the battle in the first place if they weren't cute and furry little creatures. But one minute, one minute beneath that, they just, they exude you to want to pick them up and hug them. That's they're kind of like the, my little pony of the star Wars universe. You just want to stroke their hair with a brush <laughs> and play with them and have fun with them and sing and dance on the tree forts and watch them lift up C-3PO as their godlike creature. They are perfectly cute and awesome in every way. All right. All right. Well done, George. All right. So Mo, uh, George has stated his point. He is very much pro Ewok. So I will now put two minutes on the clock and I'd like to hear your opinion on Ewoks. You may begin. Okay. Yeah. Ewoks to me were absolutely the worst part of that whole movie. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I mean, there's no no certain terms. I I think every impression I got was that I think Lucas at that point realized how much cash could be generated from things like sequels and marketing. And he needed something cute and adorable that he wanted to sell. And if there's no other evidence of that, then the Ewok Christmas. Okay. (laughs) One of the worst ever Star Wars things to come out of existence. Mm -hmm. Everything was Ewok after that, if you notice also. There were Ewok shows. It was Ewok this. He tried a TV series. He tried all these things because he was going for the cash grab. And I think he was willing to sacrifice his, you know, the vision of these things being like, because up until that point, the movies were fairly serious with a little bit of comic things in there with Han Solo and, you know, Chewbacca, you know, a little bit of comic things in there. But there there was never a comical thing element in this. And then also to take these cute jury things that were now suddenly like these amazing warriors that could chop down these giant trees and take down (laughs) imperial troops and build these elaborate traps when these things barely understood anything at all. They could barely move. They couldn't barely walk. And the whole scene where like one gets shot and the guys do Ewoks crying over it. I was like, oh, please. You know, (laughs) I was like, spare (laughs) me that. Um, I I think the Ewoks were nothing more than doing a, a comic element into this to try to worry about merchandising and all these other aspects of it. I don't think they added anything. I think it would have been cooler if, mm. which I believe, now I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard the rumor was that he originally wanted Wookiees to be in that they go to the Wookiee planet, but for technical reasons, he couldn't ha- do that, which I think would have made it a lot better and not serious. And the other thing that makes you think that was the intent was the fact that he added them later in additional movies. So that's where I stand on it. Wow. And with two seconds remaining, well done. Well done. Okay. So you stated your case. So George, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock for your rebuttal. Uh, You may begin when you're ready. All right. First of all, cash grab is a non sequitur argument because he had already done cash grab of the first two films with all the toys, licensed products. George Lucas had more money than Steven Spielberg at that point. So cash grab was a non-factor. Yes, I'm sure he wanted more money, but he didn't need to introduce anything into the films to grab more cash because he already had a proven model of grabbing cash. Second of all, 
the part that he was going to include them just to make levity of the film, that's not a bad thing. Think about the ending of episode five, Empire Strikes Back. It was a very downer ending. Luke gets his hand cut off. He falls down the shaft. And Darth that's Vader time. World. And that's, that's your time, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. He's made some valid counterpoints. So Mo, go right ahead with your rebuttal when you're ready. 30 seconds. Okay. So again, all I say is that I think the Ewoks are just very clearly Lucas's willingness to totally compromise the integrity of what he wanted for money. I mean, that's what I think what it comes down to. Um, it's all about merchandising. And you could tell that based on all the sequels and all the things that came after that movie came out. Instead of letting the, the fandom dictate mm-hmm. it, he was just going for the cash. Okay. Wow. Well done again, gentlemen. So again, unfortunately, you make both make some valid points. So unfortunately, cer- unfortunately, we're valid points. <laughs> unfortunately. isn't that the point? I thought that was good, George. How are we supposed you? to do that? I would rather format? be easy. I would rather be easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> unfortunately for me, oh, 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 oh. not for the audience. It's, it's a great <laughs> service to the audience. It's a pain in the ass if you're trying to make a winner. So personally, I, I'm pretty agnostic about the Ewoks. So I'm, I'm right down the middle. It might be easier to lean one way or the other if I had a strong opinion. I think they're kind of goofy, but I think they serve a purpose. Um, I think, I believe in this case, I'm going to have to say that, Mo, you made a stronger case for the Ewoks oh, being shit. just, yeah. They're, hey, 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 I was, I was magnanimous in my I'm picking feet. up on just a note of disagreement here. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm yeah, hearing? Yeah, because, <laughs> all right, so here's Mo didn't debate over debate. You can't debate it. I'm not talking about you watching debate this. I'm just saying that during Mo's rebuttal, now during Mo's rebuttal, he didn't rebut anything that I said during my debate or my rebuttal. He only re-emphasized his own points. You're absolutely correct, but I felt that the points he made stood on their own, and your rebuttal did not. You had a predisposition against the Ewoks. I call foul. Well, this episode is off to a great successful start <laughs> there's more coming right after this boba fett darth vader chewbacca and 18 other action figures all from kenner star wars the empire strikes back collection each sold separately at participating stores you can check specially marked packages for details on how to get the secret figure new boss alien bounty hunter not available in stores yet free with four proofs of purchase from any of the empire strikes back action figures offer expires may 31st 1980 Things are going so well, we decided to continue. (laughs) We're also alive. That's fine. That's good. Only because we're separated, right? (laughs) The fisticuffs will come after the social distancing. (laughs) The next debate we have is, I think, very well known by anyone that knows anything even marginally about Star Wars. And that is the merits of the prequel trilogy, episodes Ah. one, two, and Mm. three, right? Mm. So they're much, much maligned. Maybe justifiably, maybe not. I think we might find that what they were when they were released versus what they look like in hindsight may be different. But we are going to have, once again, a debate between George and Mo to determine whether the prequel trilogy is basically good or bad. Are they quality or do they do a disservice to the entire franchise? So I believe, uh, George, it's your turn to do the coin toss. So heads or tails? Tails. It is tails. It is tails. So would you like to go first or would you like to go second? I will choose to go second this time. Go second. All right. Okay. I'm going to mess around with the format a little bit there. Okay. All right. So Mo, it is on you then to state your case. You have two minutes on the clock to discuss uh, your stance on the uh, merits of the prequel trilogy. Begin when you are ready. Okay. So I don't know, like most Star Wars fans growing up, I was so looking forward to the prequels coming out because they were promised decades earlier. And so Mm -hmm. the expectations were extremely extremely, extremely high. And I understand that that those are big shoes to fill, especially trying to meet the expectations of kids like me who grew up at the time. But I 
have to tell you that when I left that theater after seeing that movie, The Phantom Menace, I was disappointed. I don't think they did justice to the original three movies that came out. And the reason why I believe that is that it seems like it was more an experiment in how to use CGI and how to throw more effects in and how to make mm. everything look better and shinier and cleaner than focusing what the three movies had originally, which was a story. I think the storyline was very weak as far as how they put everything together. If you look at the original Star Wars, if you look at the first six Star Wars movies, they are about Darth Vader, actually, right? He's the One protagonist. Minute. Minute. He's, makes, he's the reason why everything happens in those six movies. So I was looking forward to how did this person become this, this evil, with quotes around it, uh, tyrant in that the movie movies I saw in Star Wars. And he became the, the fact that Darth Vader scourge the universe started off as a whiny teenager. It just I was like, I, I, I had an easier time believing how in the Batman movies, the Tim Nolan Batman movies, how Two-Face became seconds. bad in one movie was easier for me to swallow than Ooh, how wow. a person came from a kid who was a, you know, had the strength of the force and was this pilot, was a little cocky to suddenly becoming somebody who would kill children. I did not see the progression there. I think the <laughs> character building was weak and that's the thing that really upset me about the original trilogy there we go with five seconds remaining on the clock well done so clearly mo uh, is of the stance the belief that the prequel trilogy is not good is basically the negative side so george it is up to you now uh, i assume you have an opposing viewpoint <laughs> i am ready worth assuming? i'm willing to go sir Absolutely. When you are ready, two minutes on the clock, uh, go right ahead. All right. So first of all, if anybody has ever dealt with a whiny teenager, it's obvious <laughs> to tell that they can become the scourge of any universe. That's not a problem <laughs> whatsoever to see. Now, let's go into the storytelling. I thought the stories were extremely well done, and I'll give a couple of illustrations as to why. One of the most talked about characters out of that trilogy and has gone on to star in other Star Wars canon is Darth Maul. Darth Maul was so loved that they cut him in half and they brought him back in animated <laughs> cartoons. That's how much people love that character from that film. Without the prequels, you don't get Darth Maul. Second of all, I understand that Star Wars had its original big baddie of Darth Vader. We did also have the general who kind of directed Darth Vader a little bit and everything. In the prequels, we got two or three of them. We got Dooku. We got the Emperor coming out. We got the big mechanical six-armed guy that came around. We got all kinds of great characters that came out of those. I thought the progression of the Anakin Skywalker saga in those first three films one was minute, really well minute. done. We took him from a hopeful little kid who was in a desperate situation with his mother and he was a slave and blah, 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 all this stuff to the whiny teenager rebelling against everybody to everything just crunching down on him and breaking his spirit to turn him into Darth Vader. I think that you don't get Darth Vader without that storyline. And the fact that we got to see that storyline on film makes those wonderful additions to the Star Wars universe. If you never got to see those prequels, just like Mo said, you would never have had a chance to re like, you know, when we first started hearing about those films coming out, we'd have never got the opportunity to see those if we didn't have the prequels. And I think that's why they are a perfect addition to the Star Wars universe. All right. With time remaining. Very nice. All right. So you've both stated your point very clearly. Mm -hmm. uh, so Mo, it is now up to you. You have 30 seconds for rebuttal. Uh, begin when you're ready. Okay. So to say that Darth Maul, a single character, is a reason to justify three horrible movies, all you have to say is three words. Jar Jar Binks. Um, mm. So talk about a character that could totally screw up a thing. You know, talk about most talked about. Jar Jar Binks has been extremely talked about. 
I, I think, again, it was all about story for me. I, I was looking to see how somebody could progress in a normal fashion from one to the other. And I just I just didn't get it. So I don't see how that happened. OK. All right. Uh, George, uh, your final rebuttal, 30 seconds uh, when you're ready. So I can prove that Mo is not an authority on deciding when things are good or bad because he doesn't pay attention. I didn't just mention Darth Maul. I mentioned four other characters outside of Darth Maul, and they all mm. made those prequel films the wonderful additions to the Star Wars universe they are. If you're not paying attention enough to one little two-minute argument, there's no way that you're paying enough attention to three films of an hour and a half to two hours long apiece. So therefore, you are not qualified to say whether or not the prequels are good or bad. My. Okay. And, and time. Uh, all right. So well, we're not going to argue um, the make an argument and say go with the personal. I didn't know that was on the table. Right. So that right. that's going to be really interesting. Right. Okay, I, I'm I, I'm going to set aside the character assassination portion of this debate. <laughs> you can't set aside my rebuttal. That's not right. No, no, the rebuttal fine. It's the character assassination part. Uh, okay, so um, again, you both did a fine job of, of stating your case. So I think Mo, you largely centered on story, and I think you found that it wasn't the story that you as a child were expecting and looking forward to. And I think that's incredibly valid. George made some great points that though perhaps much, uh, much maligned, this original prequel trilogy is, uh, is it actually did spawn some things that were beneficial to the Star Wars universe. And people have garnered just a wells of, uh, you know, fiction bait that they can use to, to build on the mythology. And, and you know, I, I think I'm going to both agree with, which is irrelevant. I'm going to set that aside. I think I agree with George that in hindsight, um, but the winner of the debate is also going to be George here, I believe. Oh, yeah. a little twist there. See how I did that? Yeah, I see little, that. Just a little duck and dodge, dip, dive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you make, both made great points. I think the, the thing that swayed me with you, George, was that you made some good, relevant points. Uh, the character assassination. Uh, well, it, no, no, no. I actually, <laughs> oh, I actually counted that. that. I, I count that against George. <laughs> but despite the character assassination, I, I think you made great points about the other pieces of Star Wars lore that came out of it. Uh, and you look at kind of the. the I think you're looking at the nuggets that came out of it rather than the overall complexion of the, the work. Uh, so I'm going to award that one to you for the prequel trilogy. So well done, gentlemen. Uh, one more of this segment. And I think this one is very timely. This doesn't go back as far as the whole uh, Han and Greedo thing. But recently, J.J. Abrams, lens flare addict that he is, has become very, very much involved yeah. in the Star Wars universe and uh, the back end of it, obviously. And so some people consider J.J. Abrams to be a positive influence moving the franchise forward. Others consider his participation to be damaging, maybe terribly damaging or destructive. So I think many people have discussed that. So once again, we're, uh, we're going to do our debate. I believe George, you called it last time. So Mo, it's your call, yep. heads or tails. Tails. Uh, I'm afraid it's heads this time. Okay. So, George, you can choose. Would you like to go first or second on this J.J. Abrams debate? Oh, this is a tough one. So, <laughs> I know... Mo is going to take the pro. I'm going to be taking the con. So I think it's going to be better if I just kill his arguments right away. So I'm going to go ahead and go first. You're going to go first. <laughs> to yeah. Kill his arguments right away. How do, you, yeah. how do you feel about that, Mo? How do you feel about your arguments getting go killed for in it, advance? Man. All right. <laughs> Two minutes on the clock when you're ready, George. J.J. Abrams is absolutely the death knell of the Star Wars universe, well, and that is evident because there is nothing left to do with the Skywalker saga. I know the original Skywalker saga was planned for nine stories, nine films. However, there is so much money behind the Star Wars universe that had he done a good job with those last three films, we could have easily extended the characters that were introduced, especially in the last three films, with Ray and Poe and all those characters. We could have easily 
easily extended those characters into three more films. We're not going to get that because J.J. Abrams was so terrible at what he did. He did the same thing to Star Trek, right? Lens flares and alternate universes and (laughs) Spock's talking to each other. He did the exact same thing with Star Wars. People communicating through the force across galaxies and pulling laser swords out of each other's realities. And oh my God, it was so awful. There were characters in the final film that were so great and so nuanced. And there was nothing that we got to see from them. Like the little uh, girl that Poe Dan and in the village that got blown up by the last Death Star thing. What it, he just kept regurgitating Death Stars at this point. That's all those <laughs> final three films were. Okay, excellent. Uh, it took quite a bit under two minutes. He's clearly stated his case that he is anti-J.J. Abrams, Mo. So uh, I'd like to hear what you feel about that. Two minutes on the clock. You can begin when you are ready. Okay, well, I think J.J. Abrams did an awesome job with these Star Wars movies. And the reason why is very simple. It's like... Uh, love him or hate Abrams, he knows what the people want. Like, I think he understands the fans. I think he understands what they want to get out of these stories. I mean, you talk about the Star Trek. I mean, I know people who had no interest in Star Trek saw that movie and kindled an interest in Star Trek because that's how mm-hmm. they loved that movie so much. Okay. But this one, though, he brought in a female character, which I thought was amazing. I thought the Ray character, he spent a lot of time on building those characters and how they got to where they were. Again, I'm very focused on story. How do these people come from this point to the other point? How did this person become good? How did this person become bad? And how he was able to integrate the original Star Wars characters into this story after so many years, which I think it was a challenge. You know, if this was done a few years after the other series, it'd be a different story. But this is, you're talking 20 years that they, he had to had to work minute. with. And One minute. He was able to integrate the stories and the characters into this again. He gave us an, another good bad guy. And the thing I like about it, he wasn't pure bad. He was, he had layers to him. He wasn't just bad. And just the same that Ray wasn't just good. I mean, they had multiple facets to them, which I thought, again, builds character. And character is what makes a movie. I don't care the special effects, all that stuff. If you have bad characters, the movie is going to suck and no one's going to care. And I think he made people care again. I went to cons and stuff. You saw tons of little girls wearing Ray costumes. You saw tons of people being Poe and all these other characters. I think they did a good job of bringing it together. They even brought back the R2-D2, the BB-8, find some way of tying it all together and staying within the universe and making the universe bigger and better. And that is your time. Well timed. You, have, you almost have a stopwatch as well. All right. I'm watching my stopwatch. As oh, are you? Very nice. Yes. Ah, that's cheating. <laughs> that's not cheating. That's not cheating. <laughs> All right. So you both stated your case. You're diametrically opposed on the uh, in the J.J. Abrams camp. So, George, 30-second rebuttal for you, sir. Begin when you are ready. So first of all, if we're going to talk about box office grosses, if you look at the adjusted dollars for the different trilogies, the original trilogy has by far outpaced this new trilogy. So that's one point that shows that J.J. Abrams is not nearly as good as George Lucas at telling a Star Wars story. Number two, you want to talk about costumes and cosplay. The only reason why little girls are doing cosplay at those conventions of Star Wars is because A, there hasn't been a strong female character other than Leah. B, it's an easy costume to put on. It's just some brown robes and things like that. That is your time. See very few posts. Very good. Very good. All right. And your (laughs) final 30, Mo, go right ahead. 
if we're going by box office, I, I think that's not a valid argument because this is a time of this massive sequels and massive movies being put out there. So I think the fact that it's as popular as it is, I think speaks a lot for it right there. And I mean, come on, to say the reason why people are dressing as her is just because, I mean, that goes against your earlier <laughs> argument of, oh, well, look at these characters that came out and that's why this is great. I mean, that just totally counters that argument right there. There's good characters everywhere. And I think this is another one. And time. Wow. Point okay. of order. Point of oh, order. Yes. You are not allowed to bring up a previous point in a debate in order to substantiate a current point in a current debate. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh, I just said, no, the rules are being rewritten. We lost that one. So, you know, that's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fine job, gentlemen. Well done. Uh, <laughs> Uh, again, I don't think I have a horse in this race. I think J.J. Abrams did a, did a serviceable job as a director. I think the question isn't so much, is he a director? The question is, did he hurt or damage this particular franchise, right? I mean, that's a different debate I won't, I won't take right now. Um, but which which of you convinced me uh, that J.J. Abrams is either good or bad for the franchise? Um <sighs> It's it's not cut and dried, <laughs> quite honestly. So, George, your standing is that the box office revenue was was not up to par. Uh, your standing is that the uh, how he utilized the characters, how he buttoned up the characters, didn't allow for them to carry on. Certainly, that is in there. Mo, you think story is the thing, and you're very fond. Um, I think this is a very close one. This might be like a like a kind of a 60-40 thing. It's not right down the middle, but I'm going to have to award this one to to you, Mo. I, I think uh, I think your arc of story, I, I understand it. I, I basically agree with you in parts, George, what you said. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to button up characters and keep them around forever. If that's the story arc that he wanted to tell, it would have been nice to see them continue. I get that. But I'm going to award this one to Mo. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think Mo's debate and argument was slightly better than mine. I left out out one of my key points was that in the third film of these J.J. Abrams, we never found out what the hell he wanted to ask Ray at the end right. of the damn yeah. film. Yeah. That probably oh, yeah. would have sealed the debate right there because J.J. <laughs> Abrams can't even finish his own goddamn story. I completely forgot that part of my... Oh, Speaking yeah. of point of order, you can't keep debating after the debate. I know. That's what I said. I said Mo won because I didn't even do a good job with my own argument. All right. There's more to come right after this. It's Star Wars radio-controlled R2-D2. Two 9-volt and two C alkaline batteries not included. You can make R2-D2 move, beep, and flash his light by wireless radio control. Hey, let me try. You can make R2 move forward. Look out, Dad! Backward, turn and beep. Hurry, turn, Dad! Radio-controlled R2-D2 from the Star Wars collection. We are moving along to our next Star Wars debate. This is technically the fifth debate we're going to be doing, but I'm not sure <laughs> it's the should be the first debate we do or the second debate. <laughs> or maybe we should do it last. So the point is, this debate is all about what's the right order of the Star Wars films. Should you watch them in a particular sequence? You go by the episode number, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever, 12, whatever we're up to now. Do you go by the order they were released? Do you go by some arbitrary order that puts things in a different viewing order? It's widely debated and it, people are very, very, very staunchly in a certain camp, typically. So Mo, I believe you uh, called last time. So George, if you would call the coin toss. 
Heads. Uh, it is heads once again. Woo-hoo, Congratulations. Three for three, baby. Would you, <laughs> would you, well, you're winning something. Good job. That's right. <laughs> so would you like to go first or second expressing your order on the viewing sequence for the Star Wars films? So I get to decide the order of the viewing order debate. Okay. Yeah, yes, you do. Okay. That's kind yeah. of meta. Yeah, you do. All right. Um, <laughs> I think once again, I'm going to go second. You're going to go second. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, Mo, are you prepared to argue your stance on what the viewing order should be for the Star Wars films? Yes, I am. Okay. Two minutes on the clock. You can begin when you're ready. Okay. So, to me, there's only one way to watch these things, and that okay. is the order that they were released in theaters. And the reason why I have that is that when Lucas first came out with these movies, he had written, which I think to what made these things so amazing, is that he had the whole backstory thought about, right? He had the next three episodes kind of figured out already. Mm-hmm. He knew that he was coming into the middle of a story, so he structured it that way. Right. And the plan as a kid, I remember growing up was that, oh, we're going to see four, five, six. And then in three years, we're going to get one, two, three, which didn't happen, right. but we all hoped yeah. it would. And so, but because of that, I think that is the order you can read it because I think that is the way they were released. And that's the way the public was used to seeing them. Um, when they created the prequels, one, two, and three, Lucas did that knowing that he had already released the four, five, and six. So mm-hmm. I think it was very within his thought patterns and thought of like, okay, you have seen some movies already. You already have some backstory that you kind of understand a little bit. And he was just trying to add more flesh to the bone, so to speak, of something you already kind of learned from that movie. So I think from a sequential, if you see them in episodic order, one, you know, one through whatever, I think some of it may actually be confusing because you don't have hmm. that previous knowledge that you got from watching the movies in the theater that everybody had pretty much at that point. When I saw the movies with my kids, they had a lot of questions for me after seeing episode one <laughs> mm, because yeah. they had not seen Star Wars. So we went home and saw Star Wars like immediately. And they were like, oh, I get it now. Oh, I get it now. You know, um, so I believe that that is the correct order to watch them in because I think that is what was out in the wild. I think that is the way that people saw them in the theater. Okay, gotcha. So your stance is that the order they were released is the proper order to watch them. Yes. Right? Okay, understood. Very good. Okay, George, I have two minutes on the clock. Uh, are you ready to uh, state your case? I am ready to state the correct case. Yes. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> All right. No, a case, I should say. <laughs> when you are ready, sir. All right. So Mo is absolutely correct that you should watch Star Wars Episode 4 and do Hope first. You should absolutely watch Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Episode 5 second. However, here's where we differ. Then Hmm. you need to go back and watch Episodes 1, 2, and 3. And let me explain why. When you have Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope, you have Luke coming into his own and joining the Rebel Alliance and blows up Death Star. Yay, everybody's happy. When you have Star Wars Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back, then you have the downer and you see Darth Vader getting over on Luke, cutting off sand, he falls down the shaft. But you don't understand the whole line about being his father. You have nothing in there. It's just this weird twist. And that is the perfect time to introduce the Anakin Skywalker storyline. That is the absolute best time to go back and look at episodes one, two, and three to see the development of how he became Darth Vader and how he was Luke's father. You get to see the whole relationship with Padawan, Padme, whatever the hell her name is. I don't know. (laughs) You get to see that whole relationship develop. You get to see them fall in love. You get to see them have the children at the end in the final Revenge of the Sith, which is a brilliant transition then into the final of that group episode six uh return of the jedi which was originally going to be revenge of the jedi Mm -hmm. as we all know it's a great transition then you can watch episodes seven eight nine if you just really feel like watching a crappy jj abrams version of star wars (laughs) 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 
Okay, you're, you're done. Gotcha. Yep. You're that's, all, that's all I need. Okay. All right. Sure. All right, Mo, you're 30 seconds on the clock. Your rebuttal when you're ready. Yeah. So, George, I would totally agree with you if you were right, but you're not. So the reason why is that, again, I'm looking at you're basically kind of taking those first three movies as a, a backlash. Like, you know, we're going to go back in time and look at how this thing, you know, uh, the impact of that statement of I am your father was like, whoa. And then we went to the next movie, which was fine. So then when the first three movies came out, that was like, oh, OK, now we kind of can understand some of the backstory behind that. And it's not just that one backstory of him being the father. It's about the evolution of Darth Vader. And that's your time. So I think, I'm sorry, your, your time is up. Oh, that's sorry. Okay. Very good. I went fast, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> uh, George, so your, your final rebuttal. So Moe's rebuttal actually proved my point. Thank you very much. You get the great tagline, I am your father, and then you do the backflashes, which was one of the best storytelling devices of all time. The backflash to explain what just happened is one of those things that happens so often that people even make jokes about backflashes now. But it is such a great storytelling tool, and it is exactly why that's the proper order to watch the Star Wars films in. Episode 4, Episode 5, Episode 1, 2, 3, Episode 6. And that's and then you can do some J.J. Abrams stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. This is, I. so my opinion about the order you watch them in, frankly, I tend to agree with just straight linear. My own opinion, I just watch one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I never thought much more about it beyond that. Um, so that, my opinion doesn't match either of your opinions. So that, I'm not going <laughs> to enter into it. But, but beyond that, I, I would say that this is pretty cut and dry. I think that, George, you've made an excellent point explaining how, if taken as an entire whole, that would be a perfect time to go back and understand the history and the legacy and how Darth Vader became who he is and the children and that kind of thing. And it actually takes the best parts of what Mo suggested to watch those in that sequence later, just by moving one, he's moving one episode. He's moving six after one, two, three, instead of having the beginning. So I've got to award this to George. I'd never considered it quite frankly. I think he did a great job explaining why. And Mo, you're all about story. I think the point he made that it, it builds the story stronger. Frankly, it was going to be hard for you to overcome in my eyes. So. Oh yeah. No, I, th- I think George had a great argument there. The only thing I would add to that, and I think mm-hmm. George actually tell you the truth and hearing your argument, I think you actually convinced me a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is. No wonder you won, right? <laughs> the only thing I would change in that is that if I was going to watch episode four and five, I would mm-hmm. actually skip episode one altogether and watch two and three. Hmm. I couldn't disagree with you, but I was going for the premise of you had to watch all nine yeah, me films. Too. Mm-hmm. I totally, yeah, I totally gotcha. agree with you. So you got to stick one in there somewhere. It's either, you know, you put, I, I think personally, you watch episodes four or five, then you put on episode one and go to the bathroom for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. And then you come back right. when it's finished and start watching episode two and three. <laughs> Just kind of yeah, absorb it through osmosis you. and then get into the better ones. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. you hear some sound bites when you're sitting on the toilet and you're playing some game on your phone or something like that. <laughs> you hear a couple of sound bites and then you come back and you watch the better stories. Yeah, you got to skip the whole midichlorian thing. Yeah, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Before we get out of this segment, I'm really curious what your opinions are. What about the non-numerical ones? What about Rogue One and what about Solo? Hmm. Where do you think those plug in or does that really matter? Just watch it's candy to watch when you want. Rogue One certainly does. It's a good place to plug those in. I don't care about Solo as much, but Rogue One I do. I would say Rogue One. Oh, is a Rogue boy, One tough. end like the minute it, New Hope begins? Yes, it does. I'd put it before 4 only because of the story progression, but really 4 is such a strong film, it's hard to put mm-hmm. anything in front of it's, it. I always thought that the uh, the Rogue One was so good at what it did, but if you watched it first, it would be so out of context that you wouldn't understand yeah. the universe that you're yeah. in. I agree. So it's yeah. almost better to see 
see as a flashback film later, even though mm -hmm. it ends the second the New Hope begins. I just don't know when you do it in the flashback. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would definitely say it has to be after New Hope because the impact of the end of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they see, you see Leia with the, then it's like, that's that, why it's that meaningful. Would have no impact. That would have no impact at yeah. all if you didn't see New Hope already. Cool. Well, and that was, I mean, when we all watched Rogue One, I'm assuming we all had a similar reaction to going, sure. holy shit, that's what this movie was? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what, when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. I thought that was going to happen after right. four, five, six, whatever. Right. Yep. I had no clue it was going to be Me a neither. prequel. Like and I've that. heard people say that Rogue One is essentially a two hour plot hole patch. That fixes sure. the, how could they possibly, why would they have tighter security than that? Well, because it was actually a built in failure by this guy who right. had his family destroyed. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was great. I thought it filled it in really well. It did too, actually. It did. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. Rogue One is my third favorite Star Wars film. It's, it it's fun. One. Yeah. It's, it, it was a good it, one. It actually is a constraint drained by so much of the stories and characters that everybody focuses on this whole Skywalker family. It's a whole different story. And that's why I liked about yeah. it. Yeah. So. And how many films are there total? There's 11? 12? Stuff like that? 9, 12. 10, 11, 12? There's the like 9 that. in the series yeah. and Rogue and Solo. So that's a... How many is that? 11, right? 11, yeah. 11, yeah. Yeah, so, so Solo far, is my 12th favorite film. The <laughs> 12th favorite film at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> after, after itself, it's beyond that. <laughs> All right. Probably the most divisive, the most divisive uh -oh. debate is coming up in the last <laughs> segment right after this. Stick around. It's the new Star Wars Landspeeder. Wow, looks like it's floating. The sand people are coming. It's up to Luke Skywalker and his Landspeeder to get us out. Action figures each sold separately. The Landspeeder has a snap open space hatch and Star Wars action figures R2-D2 and C-3PO fit right in back. Hurry, they're dancing. Activate spring glide wheels. The force goes with us. Yeah. We have saved the most uh, um, rage-filled, opinionated, divisive, perhaps, one for last. <laughs> and we want to talk about, of all of the, we just decided what, 11 films exist? Yeah. What is the best Star Wars film? Now, this isn't the first time we've broached this topic. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I think we know we where we stand We talked about it a bit. Back when we were looking at 40th anniversaries of uh, films, yeah. we, uh, Empire was 40 years old. We were talking about that. And you guys had a pretty uh, spirited yeah, debate. It wasn't, it, wasn't a structure, it wasn't a structured discussion. It was Let's not a structured way. debate. No, That's it true. wasn't structured at all. Uh, before we get into here, we actually had a couple of several emails about that. I want to oh, read some excerpts. Okay. Dan wrote in and Dan said, uh, some would call this a comparison, but there's really no comparison. Star Wars might be the beginning, even the favorite, but there's no measure anyone to reasonably state that Star Wars was a better movie. Uh, Empire had a better script, character development, blah, yada, yada, yada. Stu Monkey also wrote in with a very similar stance. He was leaning toward you, George. And he said, ah. as for the Mo versus George argument on Empire Strikes Back, I agree Empire is the best Star Wars movie all time, but there's no empire without new hope, which was Mo's very statement. There was the, the lineage, right, that, that created that. So our listeners are very keen, very, very aware of this debate with us. <laughs> he said he agrees one of us is right. You know, that's <laughs> Yeah, do we even have to have the debate now? I think it's over. I think it's already been decided. <laughs> what we had was not a debate. We had an argument. We had a brawl. <laughs> so in this structured environment now, we're going to revisit that with all that taken. You've had time to think about it because you've already discussed it before. So I believe, um, Mo, it's your turn to uh, call the coin toss. Is that right? Okay. Yep. I'll call heads. Heads. All right. Uh, it is heads. Okay. So you may choose whether you go first or second I in declaring. Second. Justify your love. You're going to go second. I'm going to go second. All right. I'm putting two minutes on the clock. Uh, not 20 minutes is what I just typed. Two minutes on the clock. <laughs> George can go no, for 20 you minutes, just so you, can you can know. I can. All right. All right. <laughs> so, George, when you're ready, let us know which is the best Star Wars movie and why. 
There is no question at all that Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars film of all time. It has been decidedly agreed upon by our fourth listeners <laughs> and every other intelligent being on the planet has said that Ooh, Star Wars damn. Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back is the best one. I don't even have to have an argument for this. All I have to do is say, go watch Clerks, the Star Wars debate between Dante and Randall. They get into this and... <laughs> Dante gives a perfect reason why it has the better ending. There's no question ever that Star Wars Episode five Empire Strikes Back has the better ending because it leads you into another story. Star Wars, he wasn't sure if he was going to get to make another film. So that ending ends on a logical point of not needing to do another film. Episode 5 leads you into the entire universe. If it weren't for Episode 5, having that open, you wouldn't have Return of the Jedi. You wouldn't have Episodes 1, 2, and... Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me take that out of my debate. You wouldn't have Episodes 2 and (laughs) 3. But Episode 5 has the better ending. You get to find out the greatest line of any villain ever. I am your father. That line is quoted a million times, probably misquoted as we talked about in the previous episode (laughs) of Backtrack. But still, it's one of the best lines ever. It's the one that everybody remembers from that film. And there's a great reason why. It's because it's the better story. It's a better character development. It's just, yeah, it's just an awesome film. And I like Star Wars, Episode 4, New Hope, but Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back, is it's just better. It's just better. There, I mean, that's there, there's your statement. All right. Okay, George, thank you for uh, stating your case on that. So, Mo, I think we know where your angle is. Yeah. So when you're ready, two minutes, let us know what is the best Star Wars movie and why. Uh, the best Star Wars movie, in my opinion, is the very first Star Wars ever, which is New Hope, which didn't even was even called New Hope. It was just Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the reason why is I believe that creativity is best with constraint. I think when you have things constrained, I think you see some of the people's mm. best work out there. When he made Star Wars, he had limited budget. He had the cast that he had to find. I mean, these were not people who were well known. He had to focus on the story. He had to focus on, and, and I totally agree with George. He didn't know there was going to be another movie. He hoped there was, but he didn't know. So he had to basically build an entire story in a single movie. As a movie, it stands totally by itself. I love Empire Strikes Back. I mean, there is a close number two for me. But the thing is that if you watch that, it is not a movie that can stand by itself. Without, you had to have the sequel after it. You had to have the movie before it to even understand it. So it's not a movie that really one minute, is one, minute. one that as a movie by itself, if you watched it, you, you wouldn't get it. Now, I agree. In time of sequels, it was is the reason it was written was because it was a sequel. It was Star Wars. So, of course, you have all the uh, backstory in there. But it also, it left you, knowing that you're going to have a third movie meant that he could leave a lot of things open, which he did. He left a ton of things open in that movie, which, again, so when you left that movie, I felt like I was watching the the Avengers movie that just came out. Seconds. You watched it and everyone left there feeling like, okay, I feel like I watched the first half of a two-part movie. I think that's the way I felt when I left Empire. I loved it. I loved the characters. I loved the scene. I loved everything that happened in that movie. But I left it feeling like I watched half a movie and I was had to wait two years to see the other half, which when you're 13, that's a long ass time. <laughs> All right. With five seconds remaining. Thank you, Mo. Very clearly, concisely put. Well done. So, George, uh, you have 30 seconds on the clock for your rebuttal when you're ready. 
All right, so all I have to do is say this. Billy D. Williams, Empire Strikes Back, not Star Wars. Boba Fett, Empire Strikes Back, not Star Wars. Han Solo and Carbonite, Empire Strikes Back, not Star Wars. I Love You, I Know, Empire Strikes Back, not Star Mm, Wars. There are way more moments that resonate with the viewing audience in Empire Strikes Back than ever will in Star Wars. I'm not saying that you could or could not have had Empire Strikes Back without Star Wars. That's kind of a non sequitur argument. Yeah, that's time. Because- that's time. Very well done. Okay. So 30 seconds on the clock, Mo, when you're ready. Never tell me the odds. It forced me with you always. <laughs> I mean, there's tons of things in that first movie that can be said that are iconic. And granted, I think he expanded the universe in the second movie, which is what he was meant to do, which is totally appropriate. I just think that the first movie set that groundwork and created such an awesome base that you could grow so many things on that that's what made that slightly the superior movie over The Empire Strikes Back. And time. Okay. Wow. This is, I'm going to tell you, honestly, each of you were making such good points that I started, I'm like, oh, I agree with you. And then I heard the counterpoint. I'm like, oh, no, I agree with you. I changed my mind. And the rebuttal, Georgia rebuttal, I'm like, oh, well, hell, he makes some great points there. You clearly both did your jobs here. <laughs> um, so Mo, something you said that I think is, is I, I agree with incredibly is that you said something like creativity is better under constraints. I think that is, that's well stated. I, I think it counters a lot of Georgia's statement that Empire is bigger and it's continuing, it's world building, and that's true. Uh, and Star Wars was was self-contained, but is, is there some pressure is what builds diamonds? Is there something about that constraint that makes something better? You know, George, initially I was going to start counting against you when you were going to defer your debate to something that was said in a movie, but then you made it very clear about clerks. Yeah, yeah. It was a great debate, by the way. If you haven't listened to it, you totally should. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, you're yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, I just say the, the ending of uh, Empire is better, which I understand it. Uh, and kind of, you both made it made an argument off the same thing and you spun it different ways. You both said the, the ending is what makes it good or bad. Not bad is the wrong term, but uh, I think, uh, George, you said the ending of Empire is good because it sets up so much. It leaves you wanting more. And then, Mo, you said the ending left you feeling wanting more and that was bad, right? So you make some great arguments about the same points. <laughs> <laughs> which makes it makes it difficult and wow um you know I, I'm, I'm quite fond of episode one but i'm gonna set that aside i'm kidding i'm not fond of episode one <laughs> I was like, damn it well, who's who's moderating this damn thing <laughs> i was gonna say i think mo and i are going to an outside source <laughs> That's right. to decide can, can, this. can we get a second opinion can we get to someone else <laughs> oh wow um okay I'm, I'm trying to not go emotional here i want to go on the strength of the debate um and, and i'm gonna say that I, I, i'm gonna I, i've decided i've decided okay And I've chosen the winner based, frankly, on the rebuttal. I think the arguments were great. It's kind of reiterated much. And uh, I have to say that, George, when you laid out the iconic things that came out of Empire that are on every T-shirt and every box top and everything that came out in Empire, I don't discount any of Mo's arguments, but I think based on the strength of your rebuttal, I'm going to claim George the winner here and say (laughs) it was Empire. It's very strong. It's very, it's very, it's very wild, close. As wild as crowds get a debate. That's yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> well done, sir. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> right. <laughs> Honestly, well done, George. Thank you, Mo. I appreciate it. I'm very shocked, actually, to have won any of the debates against who is arguably <laughs> the 
the most knowledgeable Star Wars fan of our group, Mo, because Mo knows more mm-hmm. about Star Wars than I'll ever. He's forgotten more about Star Wars than I'll ever, <laughs> ever know. That's because of age. Yeah. That has nothing to do with. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that we have uh, put this topic to bed, but certainly we have explored it more deeply than we did with the, the first round of uh, throwdowns. And again, I'm curious to hear more of, does anybody think, you know, it's not four or five. Is it actually some other film? Yeah. Then they'd be totally wrong. <laughs> yeah, wrong. Okay. Uh, well, write in, Mo. Send us what you think. We'll read your fourth listener email. I, I was actually, as a casual fan, I was not hating Force Awakens. I actually enjoyed that. I thought it was a I return to what episode four was. Many people said it was a remake of episode four, which I see the comparisons there. It was actually a strong film. For me, now for I know that many people hated it because J.J. Abrams, and that's another topic that we've discussed, but certainly a good job, both of you gentlemen. Thank you for taking the time to run through these debates. We should, we'll just do a little wrap up. Stick around. We'll be back <laughs> right after this. From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection, it's Millennium Falcon that you put together. Batteries not included. Nice landing, Han Solo. Uh-oh, come on, Chewbacca. Stormtroopers are coming. Action figures each sold separately. Got them on radar. I'll fire the laser cannon. There's even a hidden storage hatch. Ready for takeoff. Jump to light speed. We're gone. On to the Death Star. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to wrap it up for the Star Wars Debates Backtrack episode. Great job done by both of you, Mo and George. Thank you. Clearly, you did your preparation here. And you did not make it easy on me. So I think we could do this debate format again in the future. The fourth listeners enjoy it. Yeah, I certainly enjoyed running. I didn't have to do much talking. It was really easy. You guys did all the work. <laughs> well, if we do a Star Trek one, I will moderate and let you wow. guys go at it. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> damn. That'll be a throwdown. <laughs> That's right. Well, George, if you're still my friend after this... The Star Wars one is going to put the death knell in it for sure. Well, of course I'm your friend after this. I won four out of the six, so absolutely. I'm yeah. Did you? I was keeping one. score. Well done. I was at, what do you mean? George, you know I'm keeping well, score. I know you were keeping score. I wasn't keeping score. <laughs> and I secretly was keeping score, which I would have mentioned if I won. <laughs> I chose not to bring it up. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Oh, my goodness. Before we leave, you know, I'd like to take an opportunity here at the end of each show to express our thanks to the patrons who support us over on Patreon.com. A few bucks a month to really support what we do and keep the lights on here at Gen X Grown Up. And I like to give them recognition by reading out all of their names. And I'm talking about you guys. Greg Z, Adam Stubaka, Davis, Chet, T2, Ben, Thomas, Levi, Tony, Slowmo, Stu Monkey, Dan, Stian, Chad, Greg L, Arla, Mark, Agile, John with an H, Marcus, Dana, Mike C, and Blast It or Stash It. Whew. If you would like Whoop. to join this roster of amazing human beings, Mo, tell the fourth listeners how they can jump on board. Oh, it is so stupid easy. I'm going to do it right now as we're on the phone. We do genxgrownup.com backslash Patreon, hit enter, and boom, right there. Take there you right are. to the site. We have different levels you can join at, you know, $1, $2, Three dollars a month or more, or more, or more, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and and you know, and as you join the higher levels, you give you some additional content. We give you some extra behind the scenes stuff that you wouldn't normally mm-hmm. have. We have extra contests. I mean, is helps us do what we do, 
and we appreciate every single person who joins. Well said. We will be back in two weeks with another Backtrack, but next week with a regular edition of our show. Until then, I am John. Mo, thank you so much for being here. Oh, man, always fun, even though I lost. (laughs) George, you know I appreciate you. Yes, sir. The fourth listener, you know we appreciate you. Most of all, we'll talk to you next time. May the force be with you. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. What are debate shoes? That's where that came from. Did Moe's video camera freeze? No, he's just oh, very still. <laughs> just like a fucking statue there for a second. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> You can put a little two-minute clock thing on there. Uh, on, on where? A countdown clock. On what? Oh, that's, you can't it's do a this. podcast. What am I thinking? It's a podcast. Yes. yes. So just, just look what for it, Mo. You'll see it. It's a ticking I'm, clock. I'm looking at seeing you guys. It's throwing me <laughs> off, okay? Just listen really hard. Video, it's throwing You'll me hear off, it. all right? Oh, yeah, it's a ticking clock. How the hell is this guy beating me in any debate? Damn it. Just what? The audio ticking clock. May the fourth be with you? With you. I couldn't even nail that. I couldn't even nail that. May the you. Okay. Yeah, you shit. Good. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.